You're listening to Don't Mind the Gap, the future of real estate investing. My name is Emra Al-Kirwi, and I will be your host in this podcast series where we will meet world-class real estate professionals and get insights into the tech side of real estate. We will learn how to combine traditional knowledge with new ways to develop real estate and invest in it. Thank you for all the feedback since the launch of this podcast. If you're looking for investment opportunities or if you have a business proposal, don't hesitate to send me a message and I'll refer you to each other. In this episode, I'm meeting Henrik Botten-Tabel. He's the Senior Director for WeWorks Operations in the Nordics, Baltics and the Netherlands. He's also co-founded PropTech Norway, an initiative to connect entrepreneurs and investors. Some of the subjects we will cover are WeWorks successful processes and methods, how they use tech and data, their view on the risks of a declining office market and higher vacancy levels, how to maintain the quality while scaling rapidly. We'll also discuss real estate innovations, entrepreneurship, and investor sentiment. There are some good news, especially for all you innovative entrepreneurs out there. Enjoy. Hello, Henrik, and welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. Can you please tell us about yourself and uh, we work? Yeah, so uh, my background is I'm a corporate law firm where I worked for many years. But after a few years, we co-founded an association for young people in real estate. So I've been working with that initiative. And through that, we have started another initiative called PropTech Norway, which is a matching platform for the real estate industry in Norway and the startup scene. So I've been really engaged in the PropTech community in Scandinavia in the last couple of years. And now from January, uh, WeWork needed someone to head the expansion into the Nordics. So me and my colleague Salman Said, we are now working with finding good real estate and taking WeWork into the Nordics. Interesting. How did you and WeWork find each other? So I, I came in through my good friend, uh, who is the head of global strategy for WeWork, but I also been observing WeWork and seeing what they've been doing in the business. And I've been really interested in what they are doing. And when this opportunity came along, I, I just had to jump on it because I think WeWork is doing a lot of interesting things, not only in, in Flex Office, but also really in the tech, which we could talk about in this uh, later in this interview. Yeah, looking forward. Mm. What are your thoughts, speaking of the office market, about the current market and trends, the future, etc.? So I personally think that more and more people will move to the cities and that's a, it's a big trend worldwide and that we also if a lot of people will move to city center in these areas and cities become more dense, we would need smarter solutions for how to utilize the space because we're talking about getting new space, but the space we have and, and the space we're building could be used in a much smarter way as you, as I think that uh, WeWork uh, are enabling. and. There's also a big war for talent nowadays uh, and a big change in the global workforce. So I think um, employers need to be offer attractive and uh, central located workspace to attract the right talents. I think people would want to sit in these kind of environments. And also I think uh, a lot of technological advancements lead to shorter planning cycles for companies in general. So PwC made this survey where they asked the CEOs of big uh, global companies about uh, their predictions for the future. And 61% said that they could not predict the labor costs for the next three years. That was a really hard thing to do. But what the stat really says that they don't really know how many people they will have in three years. And if you think about the traditional lease contract, lease a giant room for 15 years, and you don't even know how many people you are in three years. I think uh, a lot of people will realize this and it's gonna lead to a shift in the office industry. Mm -hmm. Interesting. 
Before this talk, you told me about your tech-related mm. ways of measuring and mm. adapting different technologies with many measure points. Mm. Can you please evolve on that? Yeah, so I think some of the things that we work with this and that's, uh, the most interesting thing with the company as well is, is the technology So, and the data sets that, and the insights that you're building up when you have uh, so many square meters of, of space. And uh, for example, as I told you some weeks ago, we discovered that uh, if you have a narrow internal staircases and narrow hallways, it's 1.5 times more likely that people will become friends in those buildings than if they're, they're wide. That's very uh, interesting. <laughs> exactly. And if you think about it, yeah, it could be logical because if you walk past a colleague or, or someone in the building pretty close, you will obviously say hi and uh, greet them. But if you walk far away from each other, you will not greet them. So, But we don't really know the reason for it. We just don't know that this is a correlation that we think is uh, viable. And uh, also uh, with the um, uh, kitchen areas that we have in the in the WeWork buildings, the pantries, we've seen uh, a lot of surveys being done where people say that they want their break areas to be like lounge areas and uh, with the fireplace and the TV and <laughs> everything. But, but they're really imagining how they would like to have um, to relax at home. And I also can relate because I worked in a big corporate law firm and we had this really good lounge area. And for eight years there, I never sat down in that lounge area because the feeling was, uh, even though the furniture objectively were really nice, the feeling was that you could not relax there. But you still take your breaks with the coffee machines. And we work is actually, through our service, you see that a lot of people prefer kitchen areas as the place to where they take their breaks. And this is just two very random examples of how you can use insights, but take tens of thousands of these micro insights and, and add them into one. Then, then you have actually a lot of really good insights on how to build, operate, and how people use real estate. And I think that is uh, one of the most interesting things about the company. Indeed. When looking at businesses like yours, some people may say that you lose the personal touch. That collides with what you say, that mm. uh, you become more and more smart or your mm. systems are getting smarter in, in how to design these units. Mm. Would you say that your latest ones are the best ones? I think we provide more efficient solutions going forward, but I think we always had uh, different uh, variations of this. So. I think also the really important thing is that, as you see here in, in Urban Escape in Stockholm and, and everywhere in the world, we have good systems to facilitate for that human touch as well, because that's what people really want. They want that human touch. They want someone, when you come in the door, that knows your name and, and knows you. And you can hire a lot of nice people to a company, but if they don't have the systems and, uh, to back them up and they don't have the right training and they don't have the right background for that, then it's going to be hard, even though we have the right people. And I think that is also something that we work a lot with to get the best out of the people we hire so if you go to a community team here or if you go to South Africa or if you go to China then the feeling is pretty similar and it's because they have technology to back this up I can take an example I was in Los Angeles in January for the global WeWork summit we had a discussion at the WeWork center so we got an office space there for a few hours and when I got there I was greeted with the community staff and they knew my name and they knew that I worked in real estate, obviously because I was a WeWork employee and I can see that. And they said that you should meet Mike, he's from LA and he also does real estate. So perhaps this could be interesting for your real estate team. So I had a really nice coffee with him uh, for 10 minutes and it didn't lead to anything like that, but you felt like they knew and they gave you a good impression of the Los Angeles uh, WeWork where I was in. Mm. But they couldn't have done that without having a system for it and having uh, the right 
training for it and then having technology to back it up as well. How do you look at your competitors or who are they? I think we're offering something new to the market, actually. We don't see ourselves as a co-working company. We see ourselves as more of a community platform and an ecosystem for all areas of work with uh, also living and, and other parts of life. What distinguishes us from other companies, I think that's, it's uh, what I told you about the human touch on the community team that keeps everything very personal and makes sure that you get the right connections in the building. And uh, I think we also can facilitate a lot of great space, as I told you, but I think the segment that we are covering uh, with uh, a lot of uh, larger companies in as well, it's not something that's being covered. So I just think we add some value to the real estate offering that's already there. As mentioned, you're also active in the Norwegian prop tech scene. Can you please tell us more about that and particularly what trends you see, especially within co-working? Yes, so I worked with real estate for a few years and, and like uh, two, three years ago, uh, the market started realizing that they needed to do something. So a lot of the traditional players that I was already working in the corporate law firm, they came to me and said that they wanted to do something more with prop tech and that could be a sensor technology, it could be co-working. And they just wanted to do something. And I really told them back then, like some years ago, that uh, I really didn't know what directly they should uh, invest in. But a really good friend of mine runs a, a big co-working space in, in Norway called Mesh, which is really a startup-focused uh, co-working space. And so uh, we told him that, okay, all these investors are coming to us and they really want to invest in PropTech, but they don't know what to invest in. And on his side, he had a lot of startups uh, sitting in his co-working space. So we tried to start matching them. So we took organization that we started for, for young people in real estate and the mesh community and tried to merge these two groups and, and uh, to bring the investors in as well. And we did all this pro bono and we still do that. So it's just... It's been a really time-consuming side project, but it's been a lot of fun and a lot of good connections made. So we now we have a big event coming up in October, still doing that um, pro bono. But uh, the good part of that is then we could choose really ourselves how we should set it up. So we're trying to bring in international names that probably a lot of people in Norway have not seen on stage yet, and then lift up uh, local uh, startups and some international startups and try to build up an arena there. So yeah. so it's uh, all about that. And we give away free stands for the startups and then yeah, the investor side have to <laughs> pay for the tickets. So it's a cool setup. And we are currently working a lot with seeing how we could build this further in the Nordics because PropTech Norway is one thing, but there's Nordic PropTech Initiative here in Stockholm with, with Magnus Svantegård and, and, and the Stronghold team. And then we have PropTech Finland uh, with a great team of Recotech and Slush. And then we have the PropTech Denmark with uh, real estate organizations and a lot of people there. So what we have been seeing is that if you go take a one step back, a lot of uh, the national <laughs> players, they really don't care if it's Norway or Finland or Sweden. They just think about the Scandinavia or the Nordics. So we really should try to have more of a Nordic approach to it, uh, so that's what we're working on, mm. on that. But uh, with the trends in Norway, I think there's a lot of things going on with the AI technology and with the high-tech technology. And, and an interesting part of the Norwegian PropTech community or PropTech scene is that a lot of these people used to work in the oil and gas industry, and that's really high-tech. Like if you go to, uh, like uh, I see in this video with Maersk, how they build uh, the oil riggers, like the things that we think about as science fiction in real estate, they, they do it today, like AR glasses, they can see 
with uh, augmented reality how things should be. They can just point and click at the oil platform while they're on site. Mm. And that technology, of course, could be used in real estate. So a lot of, when the oil price that dropped in 2014, a lot of these people lost a job in the oil and gas industry and they came over to the real estate industry and they saw that there's so much potential there, so much to do. So there's been like a boom of these uh, engineers and, and other people working in the Norwegian market. Interesting. You're listening to Don't Mind the Gap, the future of real estate investing. If you have any tips on interesting guests or other inquiries, please send me an email to emro at don'tmindthegap.com or message me on LinkedIn. Thank you. How is the current balance between investors and, and entrepreneurs with ideas? Do you see a stronger interest among investors to find interesting entrepreneurs or the opposite? I think at the moment, I think there's a good momentum for the startups, in, especially in Norway, but probably the same in this market because a lot of investors are now realizing that they should do something. They probably tried a few things that didn't work out that well and then they're ready to like do an investment. It's matured in the investor's mind, but, but there's not that many Scandinavian in startups with a big investment potential. So uh, as you see with the really hot uh, companies in Norway, for example, Spacemaker, they get a lot of funding uh, with their AI-backed planning technology because everyone wants to be be in on these kind of things. And you see disruptive technologies too with the sensor technology and and all of these companies getting a lot of the funding. But the investors are craving for for more at the moment. I think this demand will lead to a lot more startups and a lot more successful ones, I think. And then perhaps it will balance out like a normal market. If you would be an entrepreneur today, yeah. what would you focus on? Which features within... You don't have to no. tell us about a business idea. No, no, no. <laughs> I can give you my <laughs> secret. <laughs> but which, which features yeah. would you focus on or, or look at? I think there's a lot to do with getting smart engineers in and doing AI technology and other type of technology for the real estate industry. I think that will be good. And I think also, if you want to point at a trend that's not yet developed in, in Northern Europe, it's co-living as well. Because like I I used to live uh, when I studied in a collective with uh, some other friends and we just ra- rented a random apartment from someone. You have to pay everything yourself. You have to live with complete strangers. And I think there's um, a big possibility to go in and, and facilitate that in a better way. Most people won't live with a bunch of friends for the rest of their life, but in the period of time in your life, a lot of people do, uh, and no one really owns that. So mm. so I think that's a cool uh, and growing market as well. That's uh, we work also are exploring in the US at the moment with We Live. So Yeah, speaking yeah. of We Live, what's the strategy there? And how would you see it growing in the same scale as WeWork? So I work for the WeWork side of it, so I really do not know the strategy for that company, but I think there's a lot of potential in that co-living market, I would say, but I wouldn't know more than you on on the strategy for... It's quite regulated in some parts of the world, especially here in the Nordics. Yeah, Yeah. very. All right. Can you please tell us what the real estate market can learn from tech? I think it's a good point that tech should humanize the office and and make you understand what office users need and use tech to get there more efficiently and more effectively. And I think that is a good takeaway that uh, 
the tech will enable you to humanize the workplace in a much better way and uh, because you will understand the needs of people. Mm. And uh, when you talk about these things, uh, the insights, it's not like you need a lot of sensors and all those things, like uh, just a really basic example, but we have a meeting room app where you book the meeting room. So that's it. And a lot of people could uh, have the same type of technology. A lot of people, I think, uh, have that as well. But just through the data from these meeting room apps, you can see the booking for the meeting rooms. And then we took this uh, globally because we saw that the meetings were booked really differently in different parts of the world. And then we realized that, for example, in China, they tend to uh, stay longer for meetings and they have a lot more people in the meetings than in other parts of the world. And then in Argentina, we found out that a lot of people will show up without booking the meeting rooms and they will sit over their designated time. And we saw this as a trend in both these uh, countries. And what do you do then? Do you, should you tell people in, in China to bring less people to the meeting and then work with the getting the Argentinians to, to leave the meeting rooms on time or should you just try to adapt? So what we do then is try to adapt to the market and have better routines in China for airing out the meeting rooms and perhaps building bigger meeting rooms for the next projects. And, and in Argentina, you have to have a little bit of a vacancy so we can help people out, even though they're, if they show up with an important meeting and don't have a meeting room for that, then you can actually try to help them out. So I think that data is not something you get from a simple meeting room booking app. I think it's more about thinking about what kind of data you have in your company and then thinking about, okay, how can I use this data to make a better product and make a better user experience for the people in the buildings? Interesting. You mentioned some ideas around uh, entrepreneurship and, and business ideas within tech and real estate. But what parts of the industry do you believe need to be disrupted? Worked a lot with development projects and I just see a lot of inefficiencies in the, like the large development projects. And that's where I've seen that uh, for early phase planning and for the big projects, it's, it's a lot of potential to find good technology to make uh, the whole process better with the municipality and with, with uh, setting up the structure. And back in Norway, a company called Dimension 10 actually got an agreement with the planning authorities to use a VR glasses for different kind of planning projects. Mm-hmm. And if you get the people from the planning office into the VR system and you take your plan uh, then, and then you can see how tall the buildings will be because it's easy to just get a, a piece of paper and it says six floors and they say no five. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they said you have to cut down the size of this building. But if you then go in with the developer and with these people from the municipality and see how it actually is, then you can start working together. Okay, perhaps it should be a little lower there, but you can have it higher there. And and these uh, VR simulations are really strong now. So you can see the sunlight, you can see everything going through, you can see how it is in winter, you can move really efficiently through it. So Mm. I think in this phase, a lot of things uh, you can do. I can point to numerous examples of uh, things that should be disrupted in the real estate industry. For example, just with the transactions as well. Like I used to work with transactions and we still take a Word document, mark it up, send it by email, get an Excel file of on what you should do and get that back and draft five and six and, and just to make a more efficient system for real estate transactions as well it should be something that uh, we could do. And, and you see companies like CloudScraper or those kind of companies where you do every action in the transaction in a platform. Mm. And it, it's only logical that you do it in that kind of way, uh, that uh, the contract, the drafts should be in one, in, in the platform, the old communications should be in the platform, the due diligence side of it should be in the platform. So mm. yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of the examples I could point to there yeah. probably. 
Yeah. But those are two very yeah. good examples. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on uh, WeWork's business model? The concept of, mm-hmm. of reletting space works very well in, in growing markets. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what's the strategy when rent levels decrease? Maybe you have examples on mm-hmm. what you do in, in some of your markets uh, while that happens. It's a good question. And, and we see it from our side and as here in Urban Escape and other places that more and more large companies come to us. And then we're talking about companies with 500 plus employees. And that's the, actually the one of the largest growing groups in, in the WeWork system. And so uh, even though um, the market is changing, Changing, there will be pretty stable kind of companies to have in. And for their own planning purposes, a lot of the companies, if you move 400 people into the building, uh, they would want a longer commitment to the contract as well. Where do you think the industry will be in five years, the, the co-working industry? And here in Scandinavia, I think co-working and flex office is only 1% of the market and in London it's 10 to 15%. So I think there's a big potential for it to grow. And I think the whole business will be more focused on user experience. I hope that WeWork has been helping to push the business in this direction. So, uh, But this will also have a positive effect for other companies that will say, okay, we have to take our users and members and tenants serious and, and we have to cater to their need. We can't just give uh, them uh, some kind of building and, and see them in 15 years. We have to follow up on, on them. And I think that will uh, be a big change in the business. And I think also a lot of uh, the real estate companies are now more interested in working with tech, like real tech. And, and so I think uh, there's going to be a lot of cool new companies coming out of that. Like there's going to be things that we don't know about right now that will probably affect the business in a great way. So uh, hopefully all the real estate investments into the tech will trigger this. Mm-hmm. And we see also a lot of the world's venture capital now is put into PropTech, but there's not that many big PropTech companies really booming. So I think all this money, when it starts working, it's going to have an effect on our whole industry as well. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice for traditional real estate professionals who are not tech savvy? I think uh, it's uh, all about uh, understanding that like when you talk about tech and data and insights, it doesn't have to be that advanced, like our meeting app or, or anything like that, or just, okay, you don't have any tech, but you rent out to someone, like what do you think they need? Should you think about that for a little bit uh, and, and get something out of it? So I don't think they have to be too tech savvy to just tend more to the user needs than today. Mm-hmm. And the users are mm-hmm. asking for more uh, yeah. technological, smooth solutions. Yeah, exactly. They, they just want uh, things to run smoothly. So you see uh, this in every field of, of life. Like uh, when you used to pay, go to the bank and do things and pay the, there, and now you, of course, pay online. But there's different kind of solutions to how we can do that smoothly. And, and uh, people get used to the solutions that they have. So if you go back one step to something that's more complicated, they will not like it. So, for example, if you went back to get, having keys in the building instead of the key card, then people would be upset. And uh, so I think uh, people get uh, a lot of used to the smooth solutions and it's hard to move back once yeah. you introduce them to something. So. Okay, we have some final questions. What companies uh, are cutting edge in the real estate industry, according to you? It's hard to point to very uh, specific companies, but I'm very impressed with uh, the edge are doing in the Netherlands and and, uh, a lot of these companies that are big that actually take uh, this uh, seriously. I see B-Grid, for example, doing a lot of huge uh, smart city or smart building developments for airports and and, uh, and other things coming out of a big system themselves. And 
But I really want to point out also that uh, a lot of the startups from the Nordic region, I think, uh, will have a lot of potential. And you see, I never mentioned SpaceMaker a few times, but I'm really excited about the company. And you see also... Do you have some shares in that company? No, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I should, should have. <laughs> no, I don't have no, no official uh, position there other than being a fan. But uh, disruptive technologies and, and all of these Immerso, Norwegian uh, BIM company, it's a lot of these uh, companies that will be really relevant to mm-hmm. Forward. What do you think will be the next big thing within real estate and tech? I think that there's going to be a lot of new trends using more smart ways to utilize the insights uh, people have uh, for real estate. And I think that will lead to new solutions that we really don't see at the moment. And, and if you knew them, then we would uh, <laughs> could invest in that and be really successful on that. So I think there's a lot of things going on right now. And I think there's going to be some major changes. If we talk in one year, then it's going to be more obvious to us that what would uh, succeed. But I think, uh, as I mentioned, co-living will be big. I think uh, AI technology will have more effect in the real estate industry, especially when it comes to taking all the data that we already have and, and utilizing it in a better way. Uh, sensor technology, I haven't talked much about that, but I think that's key because sensor technology, you have to cable up and, and it costs you millions just to set this up in a building. Now we can have easy battery-driven sensors and you can put it up in, in two minutes in a room mm-hmm. uh, and get the data there. So I think that will lead to a lot of new new changes as mm-hmm. well. And I think, of course, using tech to enable better user experiences. Mm-hmm. What skills do you think will be indispensable to be a great real estate investor or professional in the near future? I think you have to understand tech and uh, not just tech, but I think you just have to understand that things are changing, that there's a, a more of a global change where the workforce is being uh, changed to, the, to a younger generation that demands a different kind of setup. And you see a lot more people will live in the cities. There's a lot of these trends going on and you have to be open-minded and have to think about that and cater to that needs. I think that will be key. I think to sum it up, I think accept that uh, things are changing and you are adaptable. I think that will be really smart. I think you have to think that the only constant in the business now is change. Mm-hmm. And if you accept that and you embrace it and, and you try to find the opportunities for it, it's really exciting times. Mm-hmm. That's probably very challenging for some people to, to mm-hmm. hear, but it's a very good advice. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that is true as well. Like the real estate industry has always been re- going really well, but so you just have to think about uh, if there's a lot of new changes going on, there's going to be a lot of new opportunities. So if you think about that, then a set business that was pretty predictable and it's uh, a bit hard then to penetrate and to get into and uh, hard to do something new opportunities there to really make some good changes. Mm, indeed. Where would you refer people if they'd like to learn more about uh, real estate trends and tech, digitalization, etc.? I would, uh, of course, invite them to Proptech Norway Summit, the 10th of October in, in Oslo, but uh, also to be interested and go to do these events. There's a lot of good sites and sources now, from everything from Metaprop to Unisu and, and to the Nordic scenes as well. I would really recommend everyone to go to Recotech in Finland and uh, as well in November, December. It's uh, uh, part of Slush, which is 
just an amazing experience. Uh, everyone should go to Slush once, I think. So I would say there's a lot of good sites here to source information, and you should go to some of the big events as well. Mm. And you also have, uh, of course, uh, props like MIPIM and uh, Expo Real, a real estate innovation part of it. Uh, that's really interesting. So if you're at Expo Real, then really uh, one of the best events right now. It's, it's the real estate innovation events at Expo. What final words uh, would you like our listeners to remember from this talk? I would uh, like them to just reflect on their own business and to think about like how could I, if you work with real estate, you probably have, uh, hopefully you have some users and some people that you work with and how can you then try to make their user experience better. If you're in real estate, you um, have a product and then you can make the experience for the people that use that product better. And if you're using real estate, then uh, and you just uh, have a tenancy agreement or anything like that, then you could uh, demand more from the people that lease the space to you, or you could try to explore how you can optimize your space yourself and um, how you can see that. And yeah. Good. Thank Good. you very much, Henry. Thank you.